This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Lucille Ball is waiting in the wings, ready to appear in one of radio's big successes in the late 40s, My Favorite Husband. But first, the frightening program, Inner Sanctum, who offer us the episode, Dead to Rights. Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup present Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Good evening, friends. This is your host of the Inner Sanctum, welcoming you again through the squeaking door for an hallucinating good time. Why am I smiling? But I always smile when I open the squeaking door on Tuesday nights. You see, each week when I say, good evening, I think to myself, a good evening for what? And of course, there's only one answer to that question. A good evening for murder. <laughs> a fine thing to say. You wouldn't feel so chipper about it if you were going to be murdered. Why, Mary, there's no bigger thrill than to be murdered. Why, it happens only once in a lifetime. <laughs> well, I know something else like that. Now, don't tell me that Lipton tea... No, I'm not thinking about Lipton tea. I'm talking about that solid sterling silver medallion that the Lipton Tea people are offering to the ladies. Yes, ladies, it's the chance of a lifetime to get a lovely piece of jewelry. The kind you find at those smart shops on Fifth Avenue in New York. Now, let me tell you about the medallion. It's made of real sterling silver. It's about an inch in diameter, and it's decorated with a Chinese inscription. The medallion is hung on a narrow black rayon satin ribbon, so it can be worn as a necklace, a choker, or you can simply add it to your charm bracelet. And here's how you get the medallion. Just send 25 cents and the box top from a package of Lipton's, the tea with the brisk flavor, to the Lipton Tea People, Box 92, New York City. Yes, that's Box 92 in New York City. And now... It's time to begin. Our story is called Dead to Rights. It's an original spine tingler by Sigmund Miller. And our stars tonight are two radio favorites, Elspeth Eric and Santos Ortega. So relapse in your chair, settle down for a half hour of alarming but charming entertainment. Why not get really reckless tonight? Go the whole works. Turn off the main switch in the cellar. The darker it is, 
the more strange things you'll see. Lou Dunn is nervously pacing his room in a dingy boarding house near the East River in Manhattan. His wife, Dottie, is looking at an old newspaper. That's him, Dottie. You can see for yourself. That's Jensen, that queer old guy. He lives upstairs with $20,000. Mm-hmm. That's him, all right. All that money. Only a floor above us. According to this paper... William Jensen was found wandering through the streets in a semi-conscious condition due to lack of food. The police discovered $20,000 in $100 bills mixed with crusts of bread in his pockets. He's being sent to Bellevue Hospital for observation. That newspaper's more than a month old. Mm. Jensen's been back for two weeks. Hey, Daddy. Must be some way we can get that money. There is. You mean Robin? Robin? Maybe kill him. Kill him? If you're not scared. Scared? Well, I ain't scared of anything. I know you. You always talk tough, and that's about all. I, I'm not scared. We could knock him off. Make it look like suicide? You really want to do it? Yeah, sure. I'd like to put my hands in that 20 grand. Boy, would we couldn't do with that money. It'll be easy. If we do it smart. Very smart. Sure, sure. Maybe... Maybe you could sort of visit him. Just before he goes to bed. Turn on the gas. That'd make it look like suicide. And then we could go back and pick up the money. Not not all of it. We'll leave half of it so it won't look like robbery. Sure. He's a crazy guy. It's natural for a crazy guy to knock himself off. Mm-hmm. When do we do it? Well, if we're gonna do it, we gotta do it right now. We'll never have the guts to do it later. Now, you're sure you want to do it, Lou? Sure. Sure I do, Daddy. Mrs. Scully was going to the movies. What time is it now? It's, uh, five to ten. She won't be back till after eleven. That only gives us about an hour. Oh, you've got plenty of time. Jensen goes to bed just about this time. You go on up, stay with him until he's in bed. And then, on your way out, you turn on the gas. Not too much, because that'll make a lot of noise. And keep your finger off the spigot. Use a stick or a glove or something. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, okay, what are you waiting for? You, you want me to go now? Well, what do you want to do? Die a heart failure worrying about it? Go ahead. Hey, who's there? It's me. Uh, Lou Dunn, the guy that lives right under you. Oh, just a minute. I was just about to get to my bed. Is there anything special you want? No. I just had a little argument with the wife. Oh. Kind of... I don't want to go back right now. You're going to teach her a lesson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Come in. You can talk to me while I get into bed. 
Thanks a lot, Mr. Jensen. I, I, won't, I won't stay long. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you, you going to bed right now? Yeah. yeah. Would you mind helping me take off my shoes? Sure. I'm getting too old to bend down. Sure. Sure thing. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. That's no place to hide your money behind the pillow. That ain't no money. It's just a lot of pictures. It's all just pictures. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Ain't gonna be good company. Feel kind of sleepy. Well, maybe I'd better get back. Nice of you to come and see me, though. It's freezing outside. I'd better close the windows or you'll catch cold. Well, good night, Mr. Jensen. Good night. like a trip. I'm, if I get downstairs without being seen, everything will be all right. Hey, someone's coming up the steps. It's Mrs. Scully, the landlady. It's dark. Maybe she won't recognize me. I pull my hat over my face. Mr. Dunn? I beg your pardon. Well, I'm sorry. I thought you were Mr. Dunn. It's all right. Good night. Good night. Who is it? It's me, Lou. Everything all right? Close door. What's the matter with you? Anything go wrong? We're going to be caught. Calm down. Tell me what happened. I did everything you said. Everything worked fine until I got outside. I met Mrs. Scully in the hall. I pulled my hat over my face. She recognized you? She called my name. But I disguised my voice. Nothing to worry about. I'm sure she knew it was me. We're going to get caught. Did you come right down here? No. I went outside for a few minutes in case she was watching me. That's good. Now you got to go back and get that money. He, he's dead by now. I, I can't go back. You've got to go now before the gas leaks into the hall and everybody knows about it. I, I can't. I can't do it. All right, I'll go myself. Where'd you say the money was? The, the, the pillow under his head. Stay here till I get back. Maybe. Maybe we ought to forget. No. Not after we've gone this far. Who's there? It's me, Mrs. Scully. Let me in. What do you want? Well, the people downstairs have been complaining. There's water leaking down the ceiling. Water? Yes. I'd like to take a look at the sink. Sure, sure. Huh. Funny. Pipes aren't leaking. Just, just a mistake, huh? Oh, they must be cranks. Floor's dry. Is that all, Mrs. Scully? No. You're a couple of days over on your rent. We'll have it for you tomorrow. Well, you better. I have to pay my bills, you know. Sure, I, I, I promise you. Well, all right. Say... 
Didn't I pass you upstairs on the fourth floor a little while ago? Me? Oh. You must have me mixed up with someone else. It looked like you. Had you billed. I haven't been out of this room for a couple of hours. Hey, Lou, I can't... Uh, Dolly, Miss Scully. Oh. Hello, Mrs. Scully. Hello, Mrs. Dunn. I was just telling your husband about the rent that's... Do you smell gas? Yeah. Must be a gas jet open someplace. Well, you'd better take a look at your stove. Don't want any accidents in this house. No, neither do we. Seems to be coming from the hall. I'd better take a look at that empty room. You should have knocked before you came in. You almost gave the whole thing away. Yeah, I know. Had the money right in my hand. I only took half the dough, about $9,000, I figure. The cops questioned Mrs. Scully would be done for. Yeah, she smelled the gas on me. They almost died in that room. We gotta get away from here. Yeah, maybe you're right. I'm getting kind of scared myself. Things ain't working out so perfect. Let's get packed. Okay. We better hurry. No, no, wait a minute. We ain't gonna pack. We're not gonna stay here. Listen, if we walk out with our suitcases, we'll be giving ourselves away. Jensen. We just They found out about Jensen. We gotta stay calm or we're dead pigeons. What should we do? We gotta get out of this house first. We can't go out the front door, not now. Maybe with all this excitement going on, we can sneak out without them noting. I tell you, I'm scared, Daddy. Oh, my. Come on. It's now or never. There's nobody at the front door. Well, that's a break. What's going on here? The cops, they just came in. Quick, get back in the room before they see us. We'll never escape. I'll escape. There must be some other way. Dottie and Lou are in bad shape. My only hope is that they don't die of heart failure before the end of the program. That would be very embarrassing. Sometimes I wish the characters in our stories would show a little more nerve. They all get so flustered. It's not that they aren't first-quality villains, but they're too indecisive. Well, what do you think is going to happen to them? Oh, they'll probably turn on the gas again. Oh, please. And brew themselves a pot of... Lipton tea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you fooled me that time. And now I'm going to fool you. I'm not going to talk about Lipton tea. Instead, I'm going to tell you a story. Yes, it seems there's a true story behind that sterling silver medallion that the Lipton people are offering to the ladies. It's really a good luck charm. The original was given to an American flyer by Chinese guerrillas who rescued him after he'd bailed out over enemy territory. The flyer was told that the Chinese letters on the medallion would identify him and bring him safely through the lines. Well, he did get through. And only then did he learn that the medallion said, Good luck, in Chinese. Now, ladies, there's something to tell your friends. And to get this good luck charm, this lovely sterling silver medallion, just like the one the flyer carried, all you have to do is send 25 cents and the box top from a package of Lipton's the tea with the brisk flavor, to the Lipton Tea People, Box 92. That's Box 92, New York City. Well, now let's go back to our pale and panicky pair of murderers. If you remember, they ran back into their room when the police came in. And since then, they've been trying to figure a way out. Maybe they've got a plan. So let's take a look, shall we? We've got to think of something. How about that back stairway? I don't know where it goes. Well, it's better than staying here. Cops will see us. We've got to take that chance. They're probably still upstairs. Come on. 
That's all right. Walk slow, will you? I gotta open the door to get to the back stairway. Well, open it slow. Well, the door's locked. Easy, you fool. Maybe it's just rust. It's jammed. Let's both of us try to open it. Let's use the cops. I'll be down in a minute. Come on, come on. Let's push it. It's opening. Just a little bit more. We can just step through. You all right? Uh Like it's cold in here. Stairway goes down to the cellar, I guess. Come on. Exit that leads out into the alley. Listen, that's the, that's the cops coming down to look for us. They come in the hallway stairs. We've got to hide. Yeah. Get behind this old sofa. Lie down, lie down on the floor. There's nothing you'll find down here. I hope you don't mind, lady, but we'd like to look over the premises. Oh, look, this dust is killing me. I'm going to sneeze. No. I can't. You won't. It's just a waste of time looking for anything here. All right. Let's get out. There's too much dust here. Daddy. 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 I killed him. Daddy. Please get out. Oh. Oh, I'm glad you're not dead. You tried to kill me. I had to put my hand over your mouth. You'd have sneezed. We'd been caught. Let's get out of this dusty hole. Get these barrels where we can get out through the alley. Well, get a little safer out on the street. Please, will you stop looking back? There's someone following us. There's nobody following us. I tell you, there is. I know all the detectives in New York must be looking for us. Stop acting so suspicious. Turning around all the time. We gotta look like normal people. Normal? I've never been so scared in all my life. I told you not to turn around. It's the same guy. Who are you talking about? Take a look at yourself. Guy with the gray hat. He could... He could be just an ordinary guy. Maybe we just think he's following us. We gotta get away from him. No, look... Hold my hand. We'll fool him. Make believe we're in love. What's the matter with you? I don't get it. Act like you're crazy about me. Act it for real. Go on. What am I supposed to do? Say I'm say I'm wonderful. Say I'm the I'm the sweetest girl in the world. Go on. You're crazy. Do what I tell you. You're the sweetest girl in the world. Oh, say it like you mean it. Hurry up. You're wonderful. I love you. I love Put your arm around my shoulder. I think I'm doing any good. No. Walk slow. Act like we don't care where we're going. You catch up to he us. He can always catch up to us. You gotta make him think we're the wrong people he's following it. Keep talking love to me. You're wonderful. I'm crazy about you. You're wonderful too, Lou darling. I've waited all my life for somebody like you. I don't know what I'd do without you. You're still following us. Yes, sweetheart. But we gotta figure out something. Maybe we can give him the slip in the subway. Yeah. Look, I'll go in the subway first. You go in the cigar store. He'll follow you. I'll wait for you on the platform. You come down a few minutes after me. Have a nickel already. Then as soon as the train pulls in, wait till the doors are closing. Then drop your nickel in the slot. 
I'll hold the door open for you. Whoever's following won't be able to make it. You understand me, dear? What if he arrests me first? He won't. Look, here's where I go down the subway. You go into the store. Kiss me. Okay. Darling? Don't forget to wait until the doors are closing. I thought you'd run out of me. Well, maybe I should have. You had? Try to give myself up? Yes, you would. Where are we going? Next station. We'll get a bus going to New Jersey. Maybe we ought to ride a little further. Getting off here. Let's beat it. What are you hanging around? Wait a minute, wait a minute. We gotta hide this money so they won't have anything on us in case we get caught. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. We can come back for it later, huh? Hide it right underneath the platform. Yeah, that's a good spot. There's no one in the station. Let's do it fast. Here's the money. I'll hold you while you bend over. All right. Be careful you don't drop it. But hold on good. I'm liable to fall. Hurry up before somebody comes along. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's hidden. Let's go. We'll be back for it in a day or so. Now put your arm around me while we go up into the street. I can't do it anymore. If you don't do it, I'm leaving you. No, don't. That's better. Sweetheart. Yeah. I guess you're the best girl for me. You just wouldn't know what to do without me, would you, darling? Don't turn around. There's nobody following us. There's a cop right behind us. He must have radioed a description of us. Cops don't follow people. They arrest them if they think they're guilty. Well, maybe he ain't sure. Maybe he's watching us first. We'll turn the corner without hurrying. You do love me, don't you? Uh, I love you more than anybody else in the world. I love you, too. You're right, we are being followed. What are we going to do? There's a factory up ahead. We'll make believe we're going in on the night shift. That ought to throw them off the track. We'll get caught in the building. Well, it's worse out here on the street. When the cop sees us going to the factory, he'll think he's made a mistake and they'll leave us alone. Now hang on to me tight and walk slow. Is this a building? Yeah. We'll walk in just as if we belong here. Oh, he hasn't followed us in. No, it worked fine. Now we can stay here for a few minutes and then we're... It's the cop. We're caught. Let's take the elevator up. Come on. Floors, please. Uh, 16. There's no one on the 16th. It's empty, man. Uh, she means a 15th. Yeah. Hurry up, please. We're, we're very late. In a second. There's an officer coming in. Thank you for waiting. Floor, please. Just 
take these people wherever they're going. Yes, sir. Watch the door. Where are you two going? Oh, the 15th floor. Who are you seeing on the 15th floor? What do you want with us? We didn't do anything. I just asked you who you're seeing on the 15th floor. We... We work up there. I see. 15, please. Come on, Lou. Just a second. Run, Lou. Run. Around the corner. Run. He'll shoot at us. Wait. Hurry up. He'll kill us. Stop or I'll shoot. There's a freight elevator. It's open. If we can make it... We can slam the door and run it ourselves. Wait a minute. Hurry up, Lou. I'm going as fast as I can. Quick. Stop. the elevator. Stop. You'll get killed. Those poor devils. Operator, get me precinct 23. Hmm. Oh, hello, Lieutenant. This is Officer Malone. I want to report a double suicide. Their names are Lewis and Dorothy Dunn. Hmm. Now, I knew they were going to do it, and I tried to stop them. I saw him in the subway station. The man was trying to jump off the platform, but the woman was holding him back. He changed his mind, and they went upstairs at... It looked like a lover's suicide pact to me. And I saw them holding each other around, kissing on the street. I followed them from the subway into this building, and when I asked them a few questions, they got frightened, got off on the 15th floor. Yeah. Well, I did. I tried to stop them, Lieutenant. They, they ran down the corridor and then threw themselves down an empty elevator shaft. Dead? There's doornails, yeah. Uh, Lieutenant, you know, the funny part of it is... They lived in the same house where that old crackpot, Jensen, committed suicide by gas a few hours ago. Huh? What? Yeah. Yeah, that sure is an unlucky house. (laughs) Well... (laughs) That's one way of getting rid of the Duns, making them throw themselves down the elevator shaft. Not a very pleasant way, I'll admit, but business is business. We just don't fool around with characters like that. Well, I can't help feeling sorry for them. Those poor people probably never had a lucky day in their lives. And it's your fault, Mary. You should have given them one of those good luck charms you've been talking about. You know... The medallion with the black ribbon. Yes. If the medallion didn't bring them good luck, they could always hang themselves with the ribbon. (laughs) Now, you stop that kind of talk. Because Lipton's sterling silver medallion on its black rayon satin ribbon is a lovely piece of jewelry. But you may never own it if you don't act now. The Lipton tea people make it easy for you. Listen. Just send 25 cents and the box top from a package of Lipton's, the tea with the brisk flavor, to the Lipton Tea People, Box 92, New York City. The 25 cents includes the full cost of packing and postage. 
And now, a word of advice. If the elevator service is bad and you're in a hurry, just throw yourself out of the window. <laughs> oh, by the way, this month's Inner Sanctum Mystery novel is The Red Right Hand by Joel Rogers. Oh, and I must tell you about next week's story. It takes place on the high sea, but it's about a man who doesn't like singing. Yes, singing seems to strike the wrong note with him, and he goes around opening up throats with a knife to find out just what makes that wrong note. <laughs> so, if you're one of those guys who sings in the shower, just cut it out before next week's killer does it for you. <laughs> now it's time to close the squeaking door until next Tuesday when Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup present another Inner Sanctum Mystery. Directed by Hyman Brown. Good night. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> and remember to tune in next Tuesday night for another Inner Sanctum Mystery. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Stay tuned for My Favorite Husband next on Theater of the Mind. Let's see what troubles are in store for Liz in this episode of My Favorite Husband. This show, by the way, first aired in 1950. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. Yes, it's the Gay Family Series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Transcribed and brought to you by the Jell-O family of desserts. J-E-L-L-O, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yes, sorry. And now, Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper, two people who live together and like it. And now, let's look in on the Coopers. It's evening, and we find Liz and George in the living room. George is reading the newspaper, and Liz has just sat down on the arm of his chair with something obviously on her mind. Hi, George. <laughs> Hello, dear. How are you, George, baby doll? <laughs> Fine, Liz. <laughs> Don't blow in my ear, Liz. That tickles. <laughs> okay, I won't. Oh, what are you doing, putting your ear next to mine like that? <laughs> you have such a shell-like ear. I thought maybe I could hear the ocean roar. <laughs> Look, little girl, take your bucket and shovel and go play somewhere farther down the beach. George. Yes? I want to talk to you about something. 
Okay, Pumpkin, what is it? Well, I was downtown today, and I just happened to go by Kramer's department store. And do you know what they had in their front window? Tell me, tell me, I can't wait. A spring dress. What won't they think of next? <laughs> oh, it was the cutest dress I've ever seen, and just exactly what I need to fill out my spring wardrobe. Oh, that's nice. I really wanted to buy it, but I thought I ought to tell you about it first and get your reaction. Now, now, what do you think I ought to do? I think you ought to go in and put it on and show it to me. Why, George Cooper. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. I, I thought you'd already bought it. Apologize. Well, after Apologize, all... Apologize or I won't put the dress on and show it to you. <laughs> I thought so. That's the way it always happens. How much? It was only thirty-nine fifty. Thirty-nine fifty. George, you're getting red in the face. Don't bulge your veins at me. <laughs> but thirty-nine fifty for one little dress. But George, now wait till I tell you. I made twenty dollars by buying that dress. You made twenty dollars. Uh huh. I bought the dress on sale at Kramer's for thirty-nine fifty, and the identical same dress is selling at Gordon's for fifty-nine fifty. So I made twenty dollars. Yes, but you don't have that twenty dollars. I know I don't. I spend it on a hat to go with the dress. <laughs> oh, Liz, for heaven's sakes, fifty-nine fifty for one outfit. But George, I have to have some new clothes once in a while. You're going to take that dress back to Kramer's and get your money back. Oh, George! I hate to be harsh, Liz, but we've got to stop this spending spree you're on. Well, couldn't we stop it next time? No, I've got to teach you a lesson. Now you don't need that dress at all, so you can just take it back. But it's such a cute little dress. Sorry. It's navy blue with white polka dots. <laughs> no, Liz. It's got a little white collar with a sash in the back. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> Crying won't get you anywhere. <laughs> well, it doesn't hurt to try. <laughs> okay, George, I know when I'm licked. I'll take the dress back. Could you tell me where the refund department is? Oh, there goes somebody's commission. Through that door there. Thank you. Is this the refund department? Yes, door. If you're not satisfied with your purchase, your money will be cheerfully refunded. <laughs> Cheerfully refunded? Yes. Well, look, laughing boy. I'm Mrs. George Cooper, and I'd like to return Oh, this... never mind. I know. Everybody who comes in here wants return something. Hand me dresses. Hand me shoes. Hand me bags. Hand me coats. I hope they hand you a handkerchief once in a while. All day long, I make out return slips. 
had to go to the doctor last week. I, I was seeing charger plates in front of my eyes. <laughs> well, I won't take very long. Just give me my money, please. Uh, certainly, I, I make out the form. The dress was too large for you, hmm? No. Too small? No, it was just right. The color didn't match the drapes when you got it home. <laughs> Wonderful. The style was bad. No, the style was excellent. Your cat was allergic to the material. <laughs> I don't have a cat. Mrs. Cooper, let me get this straight. The dress was the right size, the cut was fine, the style was wonderful, the color was out of this world. In other words, the dress was simply dreamy. Yes, I loved it. Then what are you doing in here? <laughs> I'd like my money, please. Your sign says your money is refunded if you aren't satisfied. Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Cooper. I can't give you the money back on that dress. Why not? Because you are satisfied. Now, be honest with me. Why do you want your money back? Well, if you must know, my husband didn't like it. What's the matter? Can't he wear polka dots? <laughs> I mean, he didn't like that I bought it. He says we can't afford to spend the money. Yeah, but that's no reason why Mrs. Cooper, this 14-story mass of steel and concrete was built with money that husbands can't afford to spend. <laughs> I'd like my money, please. Look, I've been buying clothes at your store for ten years, and I'll buy for another ten years. But right now, I'm in the middle of a temporary clampdown. Very well, Mrs. Cooper. Here's your money. Oh, no, I, I forgot. Your money is cheerfully refunded. <laughs> Thank you. Liz, Liz, wait a minute. Well, Iris Atterbury, what are you doing here? Spending too much money, just like you are. Oh, you're wrong there. Remember that little polka dot dress I bought? Yeah. George made me bring it back. From now on, whenever I buy anything, I'm going to put it on the end of a long elastic. Did you take credit, or did they give you your money back? Oh, I got my money. Let's see. 20, 30, 40, 50. Wait a minute. 59, 50. They gave me too much money. Well, that doesn't sound like Gordon's to me. Gordon? It was Gordon's when I came in. <laughs> oh, I brought my dress back to the wrong store. 54 to Kramer's, and now Gordon's have given me 59.50. Well, there's only one thing to do. Sure. Run and spend it before they catch you. <laughs> no, I'll have to take the money back. It isn't fair to Gordon's. Or is it? <laughs> Liz, I can hear the wheels grinding from here. What are you dreaming up? Well, look, Iris, I bought the dress at Kramer's, and I paid for it, so they aren't out anything, right? Right. And I brought it back to Gordon's, and they'll sell the dress for the same amount they paid me, so they won't be out anything, right? Right. And I've got $20 extra. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, it is. I'll see you later. Well, Liz, wait, where are you going? Where else? Back to Kramer's for more dresses. <laughs> Thank you.
we return to the Coopers, we find Liz in a little gold mine called Kramer's Department Store in the hope that she can dig up a few more polka dot dresses for $39.50 and return them to Gordon's Department Store for $59.50. She's just entering the dress department. Uh, oh, miss, I'd like to buy a dress, please. Okay, dearie. Why don't you have in mind? <laughs> Navy blue one with the white polka dots. Okay. What size? Any size will do. It doesn't matter. Any size? Well, who's it for? Uh, a friend. What's the matter? Don't friends come in sizes anymore? <laughs> Just give me one of those dresses. Uh, could she wear a size 20 large? Yes, that'll be fine. How about a small size 10? That'll do just as well. Boy, I'd like to meet that friend of yours. <laughs> Say, uh, didn't I sell you one of these dresses yesterday? Yes, and I'd like another one. And in fact, you'd better make it two. Two? How come you don't want two more dresses when you got one just like it? Do you really want to know how come I two? Yeah. I'm one of the Andrews sisters. <laughs> No kidding. No kidding. Which are you, Patty, Maxine, or Laverne? Neither. I'm their brother, Dana. <laughs> I believe you. Now, wait a minute. Here's your dresses, but understand they're on sale. You can't return them. Don't worry. I won't return them. Just charge these. Uh, say, how many more dresses like this do you have? Oh, these are the last, dearie. Oh, that's too bad. I could have handled 20 or 30 more this afternoon. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Sadie, do you see that dame that just left? She's nuts. Oh, hi, Iris. What are you doing here at Gordon's? If you're looking for Liz, she's over at Kramer's. Oh, thanks, but I don't want to see Liz. I'm buying her something for a surprise. Really? What is it? Well, I made her take back a dress this morning, and I got to thinking I was a little rough on her. So I thought I'd buy her one just like it and surprise her. Oh, she told me about it. <laughs> well, I tried to buy the dress Liz wants over at Kramer's, but the sales girl over there told me she sold the last ones they had to the Andrews sisters. <laughs> Oh, well, look, Iris, I'm on my lunch hour. I've got to run. Uh, where's the dress department? Well, it's up on the fifth floor. Oh, thanks. I'll see you later. Oh, miss, I'd like to return these two dresses and get a refund. Say, didn't you ask me that once before today? Yes. Well, the answer hasn't changed. You go to the same office and see Mr. Quigley. Well, that's just it. Isn't there someone else? If Mr. Quigley saw me with these dresses, he'd scream. Oh, the door to the left of Mr. Quigley's is Mr. Bronze, his assistant. Oh, thank you. I'll go there. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Brown? I'd like to... Oh, dear. <laughs> Mr. Brown is out right now. Oh, it's you. <laughs> what do you want now? <laughs> Well, uh, Mr. Quigley, I'd like to get a refund on these. 
<laughs> I told her you would. Two more, Mrs. Cooper? Yes. The same kind? Yes. I can't stand it any longer. I should never have taken this job. I was so happy in ladies' lingerie. <laughs> My money, please. Oh, it was so peaceful there. All you could hear was the rustle of silk broken now and then by the soft snap of a garter. <laughs> if I'm not too monotonous, I'd like my money, please. Oh, Mrs. Cooper, I'm not one to quibble. But... Pardon me, Mr. Quigley, but I've been checking on dress number 808. The very one we have under discussion here. Well, how many did you buy? Thirty-five. Uh, I thought so. Then how is it we now have 36? Well, goodbye, Mr. Quigley. Sit down, Mrs. Cooper. Mrs. Cooper, you brought us an address this morning. You've got two more just like it with you now. Would you mind telling me where you got them? Uh, I made them on an old hand loom. <laughs> well, really, do you expect me to believe that you made those three dresses? Would you believe I made two of them? <laughs> no, Mrs. Cooper I'm not going to accept those two dresses And what's more I'm going to give you back the dress you brought in this morning And Mrs. Cooper Yes? I'd like my money, please <laughs> uh, Pardon me, young lady could I see those three dresses you have over your arm? They look like they'd be just right for an old lady like me. Hmm? I beg your pardon? But I tried to buy one of those over in the department, but they didn't have my size. Oh, I do love blue and white polka dot dresses, don't you? <laughs> love them? I collect them. <laughs> Which size are these? Oh, you probably think I'm the clerk. Uh, see, these dresses aren't for si Oh, uh, what size do you wear? Well, I'm sort of tiny. I wear a tin. Well, fortunately, I have a tin. No. Yes, and you'd better hurry. This offer is not likely to be repeated. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I, I needed to go to a dance tonight. You're going to a dance? Oh, I'd fool you. You should see me dance with my partner. We get around like a couple of 65-year-olds. <laughs> what kind of dances do you do? Well, we all went to Arthur Murray's and learned the Lindy Crawl. You mean the Lindy Hop? Not the way we do it. <laughs> How much is the dress? Uh... Fifty-nine fifty? No, I'll take it. Here's the money, and I'll just run along. You see, I'm in a hurry. All right, see you around the bandstand. Uh, Valkyrini. <laughs> sister. <laughs> Goodbye. Say, maybe I can get rid of these other two dresses, too. Oh, I think I like these dresses with the blue and white polka dots. How much are they? Fifty-nine fifty. Hey, lady. Were you addressing me? Yeah, step in a little closer. You're blocking traffic. Uh, now, don't buy that dress. Step over here. I'm in a position to sell you the very same thing at a sensational reduction in price. Hi, this is my customer. Get away, kid. You bother me. <laughs> well, I'm going to see the manager about this. Is there something 
wrong with this dress? Who are you? Oh, you've heard of me. Honest Liz Cooper, the biggest used dress dealer in town. <laughs> Is this a used dress? Oh, no. It was just worn by an elderly couple from Pasadena. <laughs> well, uh, give me $39.50 and I'm losing money on the deal. <laughs> but I can't pass up a bargain like that. Here's the money. Here's your dress. Sure you couldn't use two of them? Oh, no thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Come back tomorrow. I'll give myself a hot foot and have a fire sale. <laughs> <laughs> Young lady, what do you think you're doing? I'm selling polka dot dresses like hotcakes. Want to buy one? Young lady, I am the floor walker. She stole my customer. I did not. Go ahead, search me. <laughs> I have a good mind to take you in to Mr. Quigley. Oh, no, no, not that, please. Well, I'll, I'll give you one more chance. Go on, wait on that customer over there. Oh, uh, Oh, I can't wait on him. That's George. What's that? I said I can't wait till I sell him something. Bye, George. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll be watching you. Oh, here it comes. Maybe this will hide my face. Hey, put back that hat. I was just showing it to a lady. Well, I need it more than you do. But what are you putting it on for? That veil hides your face. I'm in mourning. Why? Because your hair's dyed? <laughs> George doesn't recognize my voice. Uh, can I help you, mister? What? You want I should show you some merchandise, hey? Uh, yes. Say, uh, isn't it unusual for a salesgirl to wear a hat with a dark veil? Oh, that. Yeah, it is unusual, kinda. Uh, but I'll let you in on a little secret. See, I'm not a regular salesgirl. Oh, you're not? No. I'm an oriental princess gathering material for a book. <laughs> it's practically a saga. <laughs> really? Take off your veil and let me see your face. No, there is a curse on me. You see, if you looked at my face, there would be a death in your family. <laughs> Yes. Well, miss, uh, I'd like to see a dress like the one you have over your arm. Okay. Here. I wonder if this will fit my wife. Yeah, it's just her... I mean, I can just imagine what a fellow like you would marry. I can just see her tall with maybe red hair and a beautiful figure and a gorgeous face. <laughs> Brother, have you got a bad imagination? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, you don't have to get upset about it. What's it to you? Well, I'm I'm very sensitive about my imagination, that's all. <laughs> Do you want the dresser, don't you, hey? Well, I guess so. Here's the money, but uh, I wish I could be sure it would fit her. Well, I'll tell you what. This dress will fit me perfectly. Does she have a figure like mine, maybe? No. No, she's much dumpier than you are. <laughs> Oh, she is. I mean, uh, oh, she is. She wishes she had a figure like yours. And confidentially, so do I. <laughs> well, of all the... Hey! Why'd you slap me? That's for your wife, you big masher. I'll report you to the management. I'll go run up a down escalator. <laughs> Thank you.
like dinner, dear? Oh, yes, fine. George, thanks for the dress. What dress? The one you're going to surprise me with in a minute. Oh, you found the box in the closet. Sweet to buy it for me. <laughs> oh, honey, you should have seen the sales girl who waited on me. Oh, <laughs> she was a real creep. <laughs> oh, tell me all about her, George. Oh, who cares about her? Honey, I'm glad you like the dress. And I'll tell you what else I'm going to do. What? I'm going to buy you a hat to go with it, hey. What? <laughs> You're not a very good sales girl, Liz. How do you like that? He knew it all the time, hey? Yes, Lucille. What's the gag tonight? Tonight, Robert, we travel deep into mining country. I am a little old miner. And a little mining music, maestro. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. (laughs) (laughs) Six months, I ain't done. (laughs) For six months. I ain't done nothing but follow Sam, my faithful mule, around these here mountains. <laughs> I say for six months I ain't done nothing <laughs> but follow Sam, my faithful mule, around these here mountains. Hello there. Turn around, Sam. We're heading that way. <laughs> Well, you can't take mine. (laughs) Folks say I ain't got no senses. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one, huh? Hey, who are you? I'm a desert rat. You didn't always call me a desert rat. I used to live in the city. (laughs) What did they call you then? A city rat. You live out here all alone? Yep, just me and my mule. What do you do? Oh, we mine a little and play a little canasta. (laughs) What kind of a mine do you have? A pudding mine. (laughs) What's a pudding mine? Do you mean to stand there? With a sponsor staring you in the face and ask what a pudding mine is, (laughs) be gad. Well, well, what's in this pudding mine? I'll give you three guesses. Three of them. Three guesses? Yep, chocolate, vanilla, and butterscotch. Well, that must be jello chocolate pudding, delicious with deep down chocolatey goodness. Yup. Jello butterscotch pudding with that buttery brown sugar flavor. Yup. Jello vanilla pudding, rich and smooth as cream. Yup. You wrangled my secret from me. Well, so long, bub. So long, feller. So long. Well, wait a minute. Come here. Hey, how are we going to work in about them there jello puddings being nourishing and all that stuff? 
You mean all you do is add milk and they only take about five minutes to cook? Yeah, it's like they're uh, velvety rich perfection. <laughs> have been listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's transcribed program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by... J-E-L-L CBS, where you hear my favorite husband every Sunday, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Escape, followed by Honest Herald. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.